Maybe we'll go in a different direction. Maybe I'll be like Silent Bob. Like, I don't I'll know if this nothing. podcast will work. Like Silent Bob, there's a lot of uh, Marcel Marceau humor, as he always says. Like, you know, he's the silent comedian. I don't know if it translates in audio. Well, if the audience has enough of an imagination, <laughs> then I'll be hilarious. <laughs> oh, That's the real them. problem here. Yeah, there's that. These are so. Come on, guys, get it together. Gwen's trying really hard here. Clearly hilarious. Oh. You just imagine that I'm doing funny things all the time, and if you're not <laughs> amused, then your imagination isn't good enough, and that's just how it is. Alright, let's begin the show. Yes. Uh. This is the dialogue box with Gwen Frey and Chris Light. You are in the dialogue box. Give me a minute. I need to do that again. Sure, Gwen. Sure. <clears throat> that was shit, that right. one. So I'm glad that, you're going to do it that again. That was shit. I did the wrong order. You fucked it up. Uh, I know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the dialogue box with Chris Light and Gwen Frey. You are in the dialogue box. So much better that time. That was... That is how we open the show. That's how I we do it. should practice that. You should, oh, you yeah. should, yeah, you should, uh, I mean, put in the homework, Gwen, I, I... <laughs> I've rehearsed all my lines, I feel you should rehearse yours. That's, well, we don't want to sound rehearsed, because that's... You don't want to sound rehearsed, but you a... also have to get it right, you know? There's... Yeah, you don't want to sound rehearsed, but you have to be rehearsed. Yes, exactly, shaken but not stirred, yeah, mm. whatever that means, no one knows. Really? I thought you would know. No, I, I never liked actors... James Bond until Daniel Craig, like I, or Craig, hmm. I should say, for my American listeners. Um, yeah, I had no idea what that means. I thought James Bond sucked. I grew up with Pierce Brosnan as James Bond, and it was just like, these films look super lame. I don't want to watch this. And then all the old ones, it just seemed like old dudes telling me how interesting gadgets were on TV. And I was like, <laughs> I don't care about stupid gadgets. This is dumb. Like, I don't want to watch this. Then Daniel Craig turned up, and it was just like, I'll kill you. And I was like, whoa, all right, this guy's all about action. Okay. Yeah, sh- things, just in general, like action movies got a lot more serious at some point. Well, just I way think, more uh, James dark. Bond just, yeah, I, it was so much, I like, I, d- I don't want to see Roger Moore like raising an eyebrow and slapping a woman on the ass and talking to a woman called Loose Vagina or whatever the names of these sh- bloody <laughs> things are. It's, it's just like, I, this is lame. So I've never oh, fully understood what Shaken But Not Stirred means. Like, because when you, I don't know, when I think about it, I'm like. It is, it is stupid, but I mean, like media, games and movies, media in general used to, I feel like, be more lighthearted and fun and slapstick, and now everything is very serious. Like, all the, the shows people recommend to me, all the movies that people recommend to me are extremely heavy and serious, and uh, just, I I feel like I, I have to be in a certain emotional place sometimes to watch some of these movies. Like, you, it's an investment. Yeah, uh, I can't, and don't I get what wrong, you mean. I love it. But I miss like action movies where you don't think things blow oh, totally. up and it's silly and like like the eighties and not maybe nineties action movies. Like I miss that, man. Those Marvel are good. films are kind of like that in a way, aren't they? They got they got That's their laughs what... and then they got their their action. Oh man, I love comic book movies. Yeah, I love them. They're the best. Yeah, especially like I I made a Marvel game earlier in my career. I worked on a game called Marvel Heroes Online. Did you? Uh, I didn't know that. Y- yeah, I probably that was, did um, know that. You probably told me, but I didn't remember I don't that. Know. I forget things too about myself <laughs> frequently, so it's cool. 
but that was a really fun project but uh they because that i like have just i know random trivia about marvel oh really which, and so for me it's like i get those weird little inside jokes i get the like the fan service things that they throw in sometimes <sighs> nice like the little nods i get it i went I like for a it. big period of reading the comics like before all the films and everything started coming out so it was a similar I've, i think i got into comics like a couple of years or a year before Iron Man came out. So it was like, it was a nice moment when they came out and you was like, shit, Iron Man's real. This is crazy. <laughs> oh, and seeing the Avengers for the first time, like I almost cried. <laughs> Just seeing them all being in the same place. I'd be like, oh, I never dreamed. Yeah. <laughs> Such wonder. Oh man. That's good. That's so positive too. Most of my friends are like, this is bullshit why isn't spider-man in the avengers oh fuck but he is now well he's not in the avengers yeah. he was in civil war oh my yeah, god yeah they they got the ip that was like a whole <sighs> kerfuffle getting that ip back oh, so they was, can make the but, spider-man movies but oh but have you seen a, civil war i have yes of oh, course so good. when Sp- spider-man's is. so he's perfect spider-man so good it's like a little kid he that makes good. jokes all the time and i was like oh spider-man was my favorite and i'm like yeah spidey <laughs> Oh, I loved oh, it. Man. I I was really happy with that too. Mm. Oh man, a friend of mine is over working uh, on the Spider-Man game. And oh, they've been nice. quiet Now that I think about it, but they've been quiet for a while. Yeah, it was announced at E3 as like, uh, oh god, the name is right in front of my face. Um, Insomniac, is it Insomniac? Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm making a Spider-Man game, and I think basically everyone's like, just make Spider-Man two again. That was. Even though there's quite a lot of stuff that was bullshit about Spider-Man 2, like most of the missions, just flipping around a Spider-Man was so good. Yeah. Just just, just do that again, please. Uh, oh, man. But, but, but also make the game good. Please. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Yeah, also that other part where the game's good. Yeah, Not that just part. like the... The, not the just the web aesthetic. slinging like oh yeah. the web slinging was they, so they good they nailed though. the second to second gameplay. Yes. Like the, the getting around. They just didn't have like the oh. overarching... No. It had Bruce Campbell doing voiceover, though, for tutorials and stuff, and that was amazing. Sweet. Yeah. I was just like, man, when that trailer dropped at E3, I'm, like, you reminded me of that, and I just had to spend like a minute smiling. Because the animators, the animators in my feeds and everywhere were just like, oh, shit, this is going to be good. Like, Spider-Man is such a fun, you're animating an acrobat, basically. Yeah. You're, you're animating an acrobat, superhero kid and it, it's got like just the right amount of realism and just the right amount of squash and stretch you can get away with anything you don't have to deal with facial animation that much nope. <laughs> which is like thank god like that's just oh. such a fun dream project you oh, know that's cool i would oh. i'd never thought of it from that perspective like you say like oh i don't even have to worry about his face <laughs> like, no but you sweet. get all these action poses yeah and, like, all, man and you don't have to worry too much about foot sliding because he spends most of his time just in the air. Yeah, yeah, that was that's uh, the the classic uh, Stanley note, isn't it, on a uh, Spider-Man, where he was like, Spider-Man should always be moving, but <laughs> like, don't draw a panel where Spider-Man is just stood there, like <laughs> looking at you. He should be flipping through the air or doing something. Make him look cool. <laughs> yeah, he's never. There's no idle pose for Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. That that trailer looks super cool, and I'm I'm very excited about that game. But like I said, that's just Spider-Man's just my favorite. I think I think in the films, probably the Marvel films, Captain America's probably proven to be my favorite over time. But mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man's just... I just love Spider-Man. I grew up watching that cartoon, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. 
Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I remember that and the X-Men being on at the same time. And I'm sorry, listener. I know this is a games podcast. I'll get to it very soon. Don't worry. But, oh, man. I just remember that X-Men felt like it was a bit more serious. Like it was for people more mature than me because it was felt like it was dealing with real issues and i was like yeah that this is well, cool was. it was that and was it was the cool point as hell. Of X-Men, yeah but like spider-man it was like this is the one for you like this is the one for <laughs> you'll enjoy this chris look at him doing his quips and zipping around everywhere and punching yeah, doc sar- Ock in the face <laughs> like, like, sarcastic you know high school kid uh, that uh, uh it just resonated so well it's like this kid is kind of misunderstood but he's not like a, a jerk about it no he's got a sense of humor and he's secretly awesome yeah it, who doesn't want that it's just a story that just resonates right yeah like he's not like yeah that you know what? i've never thought of it that way as well the, the whole point of him is he's not he's not emo he's not like depressing right he's yeah. still he's lighthearted and he's happy in spite of everything that happens right yeah and i mean it's not always lighthearted and happy but for the most part <laughs> no, like but that's his kind of character he, he deals with things through humor and, you know, and that's great. And it, it's just a, it's a more positive character. Whereas, mm. like, they took, they had that one movie where they made him emo. Oh, what, Spider-Man just, 3? That bit where he, or something. that was funny as hell, though. Are, are we more talking about the new Amazing Spider-Man ones? No, I'm talking about, I think you're right. The Because the, he was, uh, like, actual visually emo for a bit where the, <laughs> the, uh. It was awful. You know what? That film wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to be i didn't think it was funny like when he went to emo it was like played for laughs like he was doing dances and shit and like shucking and jiving like it was pretty funny like you're not supposed to laugh at spider-man you're supposed to laugh with spider-man and there i was just like you're gross i guess i haven't watched it since i saw it at the cinema so that's how long ago that was that was a long time ago yeah yeah we're getting the way back machine here we're talking about e3 which was months ago. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, remember Spider-Man 3? <laughs> Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3? Way to, stay, way to stay current with the podcast, Chris. Way to stay even on topic with the podcast. We're almost like 14 minutes in. And I think we've, even, we've barely talked about games yet. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, speaking of games and such, you on Facebook, you started this thread uh, that you tagged me in because it was related to something I'd said about uh, pricing in games. And it led to me having like about a notification every five minutes uh, because <laughs> a whole bunch of game developers just leaping in with like super passion uh which was kind of cool to see i think i sent a message to you being like they are so passionate and it's like yeah, yeah i guess it's you know it's their whole life in the same way like Dude, I, oh, everyone's yeah. passionate about if they dedicate their life to a thing but, well yeah uh, i mean it's like our career right and like we, exactly. everybody Everybody, I don't know, especially indie game developers tend to have very, very strong opinions because mm-hmm. if you don't have a strong opinion, you're not going to quit your job and, and try to make it on your own doing something. Like exactly. you have to believe in yourself. You have to drink your Kool-Aid if you're doing this. 100%. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, and that article I linked was um, uh, kind of a controversial article. Like Rob, yeah. Yeah, it, I didn't so read it. Article... I just saw my name and went, "Oh, me," and uh, <laughs> went from there. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. You're, you're I'm that kind of guy. Strapped yeah. for time, and you can't read all the articles out there. Well, and there's like, I'm lazy, and also I'm very excited about myself. So you know, <laughs> we're all very excited about you, Chris Light. Oh, thank God! This is <laughs> early in your career. Don't worry, it's not in your head. But um, if you had read the article. Yes. It was just uh, another. Um... So last year was like the indie apocalypse. Oh, OMG, indie games are dying. Um, the 
there's a race to the bottom for pricing. This is like there's always alarmist articles, especially towards the end of the year when we get a lot more marketing data. And yeah. um and I imagine there's a ton of AAA games coming out as well. Yes. Sort this year there's the an article. Yeah, the narrative this year is that uh AAA games are in rapid decline. Uh, that people are not willing hmm. to spend money on AAA games as much anymore. The specific article I, I linked was on like gameindustry.biz. Okay. Um but uh and it's uh I just looked it up. It's Rob Fahi. Fahey? I don't know how to say this guy's name. But um it's kind of notable somebody mentioned in the thread that he was the same guy that last year posting triple a uh sorry last year he was writing articles about how indie apocalypse and indie games are dying and all that stuff uh and mm-hmm. this year he's he's pointing out that he believes triple a games are dying what uh, was his and, reasoning for that um well like why did most, he posit that that was a thing so this is going to be colored through my perspective, right? That's fine. That's fine. When I when I worked in, I've worked in free to play games and online games, and I've worked in AAA. And I'll say in AAA, people are way way more concerned about uh, opening weekend, opening week. Mm-hmm. Uh, your opening week sales are generally most of your sales. There, it matters. Uh, your opening week week matters so much. Um, you can basically broadcast how much money you're going to make from that game entirely from your opening week. Um, oh. And a, a lot of this is, in my opinion, uh, this is a dated way of thinking. Most of the, the reason why people tend to look at opening week and expect a certain number of sales is because um, historically a consumer would buy a game opening week or wait a week and then buy it used. So the um, And those sales, used sales, we never see those numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Like used, if you buy a game used... That money doesn't go to uh, the publisher or the developers yeah. at all. That just um, goes to the retailer who bought it. Exactly. So the if from our from the perspective, if you have a triple A mindset, you care very very deeply that your opening week sales are good. Um, and Dishonored Two had uh, weaker oh, yeah. sales than projected, much weaker sales than Dishonored One and opening week. Mm. Now. Here's my counter argument, of which I, I've posted a couple, but one of the bigger ones I think is that I I think we're looking at a market where most people are buying games digitally, mm. and I think we're looking at a market where uh, people don't immediately buy games in opening week, but that doesn't mean that money isn't going to get to the publisher or the developer anymore. You see, because people buy games later on when they're on sale, um, or just later on but through some digital channel, that money gets to the developer. It's what's called um. So we, we call it like a tail. You you have your opening week uh, and your open weekend sales, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a tail, which is uh, kind of like a, a very, usually you get a very st- steep drop off in how many sales you get. And then um, a long tail is one where you still get more and more sales. You'll get less sales, but you'll get, uh, you'll get those less sales for longer. So it ends up yeah. being more money over time. Anyway, this is a... a bunch of nerd stuff but basically I, no, it's, it's interesting really good i think thank so. god i think so too but most people think i'm boring so uh, well gwen i wouldn't have been doing a podcast with you if i thought you were boring well maybe we can be boring together yeah but, <laughs> but the the point is i think i think there's 
Why? I'm not going, boring. Dishonored 2 is going to make a lot of money. <laughs> that was a delayed onset right there, dude. It really was. I was like, oh, that was nice. Oh, aren't we friends? Hang on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Go on, Dishonored uh, 2. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I think Dishonored 2 will sell. Um, I think Dishonored 2 will uh, continue to make money for quite a while. And I think that's what this article is failing to take into account. Um, that tales are longer now and that tales are thicker now and that people are not rushing out to buy a game immediately on opening week like they used to and that we are getting money after opening week whereas we didn't used to i i would say that's my argument i I think uh in a way it's healthy i think a lot of people there's a lot of angst this time of year in AAA game developers when they see their games going on very steep sales Mm -hmm. um like so i have a lot of friends that worked on um mafia 3 yeah and that game is already on sale uh and it came out this year and i've i've heard some people i've heard some gripes about that uh the idea like why is this on sale i know it's black friday but why is this already on sale are they going to put it on sale for christmas as well holy shit this game just came out and people are really upset about that because a lot of game developers will take that personally they won't think about the market yeah if you're one of the i get your boots on the ground you know you're like i spent time making this I think I made something worth $60. Why are these publishers discounting my game 10% off, 30% off? It hasn't even been out a year. Mm. And that that actually hurts people. It like hurts their their feelings in a weird way, which makes no sense to me because I'm like, you're getting paid either way. You're getting a paycheck. Um, you don't get royalties. Why are you upset about this? <laughs> oh, really? But like, okay. but people, you know, a, I guess a lot it's of a people pride get, thing. get upset. Yeah. yeah, it's a pride thing. Um, hmm. Well, like, did they not? Could you not just ask the publisher? Is, is that not a thing, or or, or did or do you not talk to publishers when you're in a big AAA studio? Because, well, the I don't know, like depends what if you're level you a designer, are. an animator, like um, no, no, you don't talk to the publisher. The only I people who not. talk to the publishers are like maybe the studio head and like a couple of the senior production staff that need to um oh well i mean but, like someone must I, i'm just for some reason thinking very practically about this and being like someone must know there must be someone you can ask well you can of course ask you're not gonna like the answer it's very simple it just comes down to marketing data like yeah mafia and... 3 sold this many units we realized that it will not sell we can't compete this christmas um unless we discount it this much marketing trends say to do this like it's always data driven hmm. well, like... but you can't get emotional about data so no and also the one thing that i think that uh i think you reference as to why i was referenced at all in this facebook thread of very intelligent people that know a lot about games and then there's just me with like two big thumbs up and a pinwheel hat on being like games like (laughs) i think the reason i was referenced at all is because i generally take it to a very consumeristic level and from my point of view i'm just like well people don't have as much money like Budgets are way tighter at the moment. There's a lot of uncertainty in the air about where your money's going to be going and what it's going to be doing. Between the UK and America, there's a lot of sort of who knows what's happening financially. Like, I won't actually get into boring specifics about UK, the UK economy. Basically, it's not oh, great. Man. And there's a lot of uncertainty. Are, there's so, a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah and in both that, of our that is going to lead to the fact that you're going to look at all these games that are $60 and you're not going to be able to buy all of them. Like, if you're super into... If you're me, like, I'm going to get them because it's my my job is playing them and knowing about them and reviewing them and whatever. So a large... I don't... 
<laughs> like I, I'm not a good case for this because like I don't really go out <laughs> and party. Like I'm not a party guy. So I'm not going out spending my money on drink. I'm not doing much of anything. Most of my leisure money goes towards buying video games because I'm super into video games. But outside of that bubble with the most people, which are the people that like I've referenced, I worked in re- games retail before. So that was the larger market that I dealt with, particularly coming up to Christmas. Like it's all parents. Like you're yes. at your busiest, all like parents or people buying games for presents or for themselves for a present for Christmas. And you like the even then, this was like three years ago, two, three years ago now, since I've not worked in games retail at all. Two years ago now. And it's like, even then, budgets were getting tighter and tighter. We were selling less of what were the more predictably big selling games. And it was just down to the fact that high street retailers were selling less and less in general because people have less and less money. And prices of things aren't going down, but we still have to pay more rent and more everything. And it's like, I don't don't practically have the money to go, okay, well, am I going to spend... This $60 on food for the entire week? Or am I going to buy a game that ultimately in the name is a game and it's not as important as me getting food for the week? Like, it, no. it's just, it, 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 to me, it seems like a, a simple thing that people super in the bubble, like when you're going into all the minutiae and being like, why is it not selling as much? And why is it not doing as well? It's like, could just be that people don't have as much money. Like, the, the, well, there's that but the counter argument to that would be people don't have as much money but they're still buying other games and so what it comes down to is why because the amount the pool of money in the market hasn't Mm -hmm. actually changed that much because more there are more gamers um people tend to what's happening the this article was pointing out that people tend to um pick one game and play it a lot like destiny my my boyfriend plays destiny he plays destiny every night he uh get, takes parts and all this stuff. You play Overwatch and mm-hmm. you've you've put some money into Overwatch. People mm-hmm. tend to have one game that they play rather than going out and buying a, a series of AAA games. Um, and so there's, uh, I think specifically looking at Dishonored Two, you have a game that it's a one and done kind of game. It's not a game that you need to buy right now. You're probably already invested in a different economy. Um, and I think people will buy that and play it when it's a little bit cheaper, maybe later when it's on sale. I don't think people feel the need to... It's not oh, a no, game I you agree. need to buy at uh, launch because it's not so big that you're going to miss out on office conversations or conversations in the streets with your friends or something. You're not missing out by waiting to buy this later on, mm. you know? Um, I see I see your point. I, like, I, again, I'm very much... Please think of me as having two big thumbs up and wearing a pinwheel hat. I'm <laughs> very stupid and i i like to learn so i'm, I'm not taking a strong <laughs> stance on my thing that's just like from the person that's not making the game that thinks of it that way i'm just like seems like people maybe have less money and that's maybe why but like there's also the point that's been raised that like a, a number of the developers in that thread and you touched upon it as well uh, the sort of feeling that sales a devaluing the product like is that a thing like is that a big worry at the moment um is there a race to the bottom in price that, yeah that kind of feels like that was a vibe that was coming across that there was people that were worried about the fact that it was like there's so many sales now and it's like i think there is definitely more competition in the market that is true 
I think the what what game developers reference a lot is the evolution of the iPhone store um, mm-hmm. and how things eventually became free to play. Like games got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper until they eventually went free. Um, I don't think that will occur. I think we'll move towards something more like perhaps the film industry where there will be putting money into a game is a gamble uh, and there Mm. are going to be a certain number of blockbusters and um, the blockbusters will do super well and uh, the ones that don't hit will do super badly and they'll be in a bargain bin. And I know, and that's what nobody likes. Nobody likes the idea is mafia three in a bargain bin. No, but it, it is competing with a lot of other games that came out at the same time i'm not quite sure where i'm going with this no but... no no, no. it's very much the same as me it's, there's there's no answer it's just i tend to do this all the time where i'm just like i don't know what my opinion is let me talk through it like it, it's yeah. interesting it is um there is definitely more competition um there is actually a larger pool of money the people are playing games much later in life we went over this before like older people even elderly people are playing games mm-hmm. um because there's more consumers that does increase the economy in a way um there's more niche games you're seeing do you remember when tv only had like 30 channels i love it and, that's such an american thing do you remember when and, tv only had th- i remember when tv only had four channels and i remember <laughs> when a fifth one turned up and it was crazy and oh, if, you, if you paid for like super tv you had like 100 channels but the basic tv was four <laughs> when i was a kid that was it so now now there's hundreds of channels yeah and yes each individual show makes less money but there's a lot more specialized shows mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean there isn't occasional breakout hits for tv shows um totally. the whole economy got much bigger uh, and that's happening with games, and it's it's obviously been happening for a long time, and it is a, a strain, and nobody knows for sure where the market is going. And yeah, in a way, there is maybe the price, there's price pressure downwards. Um, you're definitely seeing a squeezing of retailers, that's for sure. Uh, brick and mortar oh God, retailers. Yeah. More and more people are buying things digitally. Mm. Um, I think, like, I would not buy stock in in gamestop no, no. right i've uh, like I, I would not uh put i would not want to be working in in uh physical retail right now for games no um, i mean i know the shop i used to work in it sells as i was leaving they were beginning to diversify what they sold but they sell so much stuff that's not games now like it's crazy when i started it was just games and in the course of like three years it became like so much secondhand phones and tech and shirts and like all sorts of stuff that you were just that were tangentially related to what you were doing and it was like oh games aren't selling as much in this shop no everybody's buying it digitally which in a way totally. is great for developers too because that money oh, actually yeah. goes to the developers and not i'm not saying there's anything like like i don't hate gamestop or anything but oh dude i don't uh, know love for like it's the way the world goes like and mm. I say that knowing eventually I will be the person that someone goes, we don't need that shit anymore. <laughs> it's just how it goes. That's the world. Like, you got to keep moving yeah. or get out of the way kind of thing. And, and that's how you get Trump. So anyway, <laughs> the uh, we all get mad. And then it's like, uh, no, we vote for Brump. 
He was a games developer, but he's going to make games great again. It's going to be boxes and we're going to have manuals again. Where's my manuals? And we're going to bring back print media, right? Please. Everyone's going to look through magazines. Oh, that's (laughs) what I want. I want to read a long article in a glossy magazine. We we talked very briefly about Final Fantasy XV. Because that's come out now. And I think you were like, that looks like such bullshit. And I was like... It looks awful. Yeah, because it's the first Final Fantasy game... Because I have been playing Final Fantasy games since Final Fantasy VIII, but I've never finished one because what? because I can't do that combat system. Like I, I this was back when if you wanted a good story, you were playing a point and click adventure or you were playing one of these RPGs, and I could never do puzzles on the point and click adventures, and I could never be good at the bat like the battle systems in Final Fantasy games. Like I didn't fully like i never fully got on board with grinding so you'd get to some boss and it'd be like just can't beat it and the answer would seemingly be just go around and grind for like three hours and you'll be able yeah. to do it and i'd just be like, oh, i don't want to do- i just want to know the story and i like the world and everything about it. it's so amazing but i can't this this system doesn't work for my brain i can't <laughs> i can't do it so this is the first one that i've been like because i've tried i've tried to play all of them but this is the first one where i was like Okay, you just hit stuff. Sweet, I can just hit stuff. This game looks amazing. Like I can, I just run around and hit things in it. Sweet, and like there's magic and shit, but it's all just like buttons. I don't have to go into a menu. I don't have to look at numbers. Sweet, like I, I'm this on board. This is the opposite of what I want in a video game. Like it, everything, you are not winning me over right now. You're no, like, no, oh, so it's super boring. And no. when you grind, you just literally hit things. You don't grind, cool. as far as I can tell. Like, I don't know why you would grind. I mean, there's there's harder enemies, but admittedly, I've played, like, two hours of it so far, so I've barely scraped the surface, but... Is the story good? Because the story looks, from the outside, pretty awful. It's like, the here's stories... four dudes. Do you know what? Four dudes pushing a car. <laughs> four four dudes going on a car trip. Four oh, bros pushing a br- their bro-mobile. Yeah, you know, like, road trips are cool when you're on them, but nobody wants to hear about your damn road trip. Yeah, and then, then we spent four hours just singing this song. Cool. <laughs> Wait, I have to spend four hours singing this song in real time for Final Fantasy? No. I don't want to do that. I can see what you mean. The The characters look bland. Like, the four guys all in black. Oh my god, do they look bland. But the world is really what's grabbed me. Like the world has so much detail in it. It feels like it feels like a world where people live. And honestly, this is the first time. This is the most detailed world I think I've ever seen in a game. That it feels Seriously. inhabited. Like there's so much detail everywhere. Like posters and things on the floor. And like when you go in a shop. The shop, like, like I went in a cafe the other day, and outside the cafe was this sort of statue thing that you can sit next to and have a photograph taken with, like this bird. And I was like, all right, cool. And then you realize that, that the bird is the character that's, like, the sort of mascot of the shop, and there's little things inside, like, stuff you can buy that's to do with the mascot on shelves, and each bit of food has, like, a label and, like, stuff, and... There's so much detail in the world and it just looks stunning that like, I don't know, it feels like a world and like I've done like, like Bioshock is actually a very good example of a world that felt like a place, but there was no one in it. It was like a world that was after or during a thing that was happening. God, I could totally rant about that. Please do. We'll table that conversation. Okay. 
I'll write, I'll write I that mean, down. I mean, it could. It came on. Uh, we had some problems in production. Well, we didn't have some problems. Uh, in the beginning, I think everyone planned on there being many, many AI uh-huh. walking around. Oh, and, uh, and then, mm-hmm. and then we realized that uh, we couldn't do that because we just couldn't. Our AI were just way too expensive. We could only have, I believe, eleven mm. running at any given time, and one of them was Liz, who was always next to you. Oh yeah. Uh, so. In the end, we had to um, scramble and, and uh, create a bunch of reactive skeletal mesh actors. Like, I, that was actually my job, was scripting up um, these background characters for these scenes for um, coming up with things like, okay, we have a beach. We should put people on the beach. This is supposed to be a place where people live. Mm. Uh, all right, we're going to have a kid digging in the sand here. And uh, what does he actually have to do? We don't have any AI for this. <laughs> so he's just going to dig in the sand forever. And if you get near him, he'll look up at you uh, until you walk away from him. And if you exit this radius, he'll look back down at the sand and keep digging again. And just like coming up with very, very simple uh, things like that that require absolutely no no gameplay logic. Mm. Uh, like you can't burn the kid with a plasmid or anything that's, like that. Yeah, that's that's important. I feel. Uh, but I, I could, I don't want to get into that too deeply. But yeah, making a world, making a world that feels like a living, breathing place where people live, um, that has these little touches. Yeah. Uh, it it means a lot and it adds so much. It really um, and, does. In, in it's something 15, like so much mm-hmm. like that that's the main thing i've taken away from the first couple of hours i've played like all the all these characters have their own little things they're into like your main characters like one of them he's a, he likes taking photographs and it's really cool he, like because when you go to when you go to like your little camp at the end like at the end of a day you set up camp like and do all your stuff and it's where you level up and like all that stuff but one of the things is one guy likes to take photos. And you'll get this, like, he'll be like, I've done my photos. And you get, like, ten photos that's like, he took these while you were out and about. And you can choose to keep or delete them. Or you can post them to social media if you want. And the characters will have little <laughs> comments that they'll say. Like, as you highlight There's each photo. Social media in the game? No, no, no. Like, your own your actual personal... real life social media. Sorry. Oh, wow. I would have okay. loved if there was social media in the game. But, yeah, anyway. It posts, <laughs> like, it posts it to your twitter but yeah like the characters will say stuff like if there's a embarrassing photo of someone they'll be like oh yeah thanks for taking that like kind of thing and stuff like that and it's really cool and like your mate the main character that you play he's seemingly into fishing i haven't done anything with that yet but that's like the thing he likes to do and you can go and do that and another guy does cooking and what's really cool he'll like he'll learn new recipes by going to restaurants you go to a restaurant and you buy this food He'll be inspired and make his own recipe off of that. That's not just like, like I had French fries the other day and he was like, hmm. And you see him noting something down and it will say like, oh, he's been inspired to make this recipe. And the recipe gives you stat boosts and stuff like that. And you find the ingredients as you go about. And oh, there's so much in this game. That is the main thing that I've taken from it. The world is so well done. The costumes are like, I am never bothered about costumes in a game. Really? Because normally it's character design, and I just class that as character design. Yeah. But the characters, like the actual human characters, aren't too thrilling to look at. They're just like things. But the costumes are amazing. Like they're beautiful. Like if I saw people walking around in these clothes, like if I saw people dressed like that in a film, I would be like, wow, the costume design in this is good. 
and the world is good and oh it's so well designed so far like the way everything looks and like i say the the actual ai people aren't too amazing they don't really do a lot but no you can sell so much through the environment though that's what exactly you were talking it. about before with the cafe yeah There's environmental so much... storytelling is yeah. so good in this game all right you've so told me much. i have to i have to try it now now I have to. I have to know. And this is what I was going to say. My my uh, partner, she old school, loves Final Fantasy. And this was the first one ever that she's been like, oh, I don't give a fuck about this Final Fantasy. There's nothing interesting about it in these trailers. <laughs> like, she watched me playing it for two hours last night. And she was like, you know what? This actually, I think I would like to watch you play more of this. And I maybe I want to play it myself. But I mostly just, I'm enjoying watching this. And... It's because at the very beginning, it says when you load up the game, it says a Final Fantasy for new and old fans alike. Like it says that at the very beginning and just white text on the back background. And it really is. It really has done that. Because like to me, I do get some of the little references from playing bits of Final Fantasy, but my partner gets loads of them, like little illusions. And she's saying it feels like a Final Fantasy game. To, huh. we, were, we were discussing this actually over lunch because... She's a character designer, like a digital artist and stuff. So we were talking about the designs. But also she was saying, like, cause she played, she finished 13. She played 13-2. She played Lightning Returns. They progressively got I worse. I did not like that one. That yeah. was like, oh, man. All of those were just, you're in a hall. Fighting this hall. Okay, now you're in the next hall. It's just not well, compelling point, gameplay. Well, that but was I, that. But it was like, we were talking today and she was saying how all of the characters were like so serious and like it lacked that like she said other than there was i've forgotten the name of this character but the, she said there was one character that was like a woman dressed in a chocobo bikini that's name was like chocobella or something i've forgotten what her name was i didn't play it myself but she was like that was the one glimmer of like any sort of levity and sort of yeah. wacky Japanese feeling characters, but there's already been like a bunch of that kind of stuff within two hours of Final Fantasy 15, where it's like, oh, this game, its main story is not particularly thrilling, and it's kind of just there so far. But like, I get it. That's another thing. I remember when I tried playing Final Fantasy 13, and it was talking about the La Sea and the Foul Sea and. Just throwing all these words at me. and then, How many random words you can make up? Yeah, but the thing was, like, it didn't explain this to me in the narrative or in gameplay. It literally told you to just go and fucking read it in its menus. And I remember sitting there being like, okay, so there's the Lassie and they're good. But then there's Falsy, but they're bad. And like, I'm getting like five pages in and being like, what the fuck am I? This is not how you do this. Like, you don't go... a fucking see a film or like read a book and there's a book for the book like <laughs> like oh we're just gonna say shit and i'm not gonna explain it you gotta read something else to figure that out it's like oh, oh that's funny but there's God. none of that in 15 and i don't know i'm i'm again it I've sounds only played like there's two humor that's there important is. there is like... from the offset yeah. there's humor like the i need the... There needs to be more humor in games. Like oh, straight up. 100%. There there just needs to be more more happiness and joy in this genre. Completely. Or in games, in completely. our medium. Completely. I completely agree. There's there's not there's not enough of that. And it's something that I feel has been lost from the dominance of Western games that uh I felt came from Japanese games. Like like that sort of blend. 
of sort of wackiness yeah. this can be a game that's happy and bright and fun and like has humor in it but also is a little bit hard yeah that's and it's something hard the japanese and games be, have had that can americans be serious just do and not sad do. and like all every, like it can run the gamut oh, yeah. of like emotions in one thing and it's like all right I, i'm down with that like i've just ordered the that kingsglaive final fantasy film i know it's boring everyone has <laughs> told me it's it looks amazing but it's so boring and like you won't care and i'm like i know but you know what i kind of want to find out what the king was up to <laughs> from the beginning <laughs> of the game i just kind of want to know because someone i saw i think it was jesse cox like because i was i just sit and watch reviews of things like if i want if whenever i'm considering buying something i'll watch like 30 people talking about it as like my way of being like should i get it and he described it as like if you're not interested in Final Fantasy 15, this is a pretty dull film. Like, it's yeah. very humorless and also, like, not a lot going on. But he was like, but if you're kind of excited for 15, it's like a two-hour cutscene just explaining what the world's about. And he's like, mm. that's kind of handy. Like, if you're super excited about it, like, it's just good to know, like, a little bit of background. Watch this. And I was like, you know what? It looks fucking amazing. And I want to know. What's going on with that king? What's going on with your dad? What's he been up to? Why is he walking around with a caliper on? What's all this? So I want to know. So I was like, fuck it. I'll, super cheap. I'll buy this film off Amazon. And yeah, I, I, I tell you, I have not been this enamored with a Final Fantasy game that I feel like I can, like I'm not compromising on anything. Like, because I'm, I'm so glad you can get narrative in other ways now because... For us dumb people that also love stories and characters, old games didn't make it easy. Like, it was it was like, yeah. do you want to play this, like, living cartoon that's the point-and-click adventure? Yes, I do. Look at all these cool characters and the voice. I used to love the voiceover in them. Like, oh. But then it'd be like, okay, now figure out this puzzle. And I was like, no, but I'm stupid. What do I do? What? I don't know. And they're like, well. Ask your friends. Yeah, this isn't for stupid people. Ki- oh, well, my friends weren't playing that. But... Yeah, it was just like, but then you don't want to just do a guide to do everything. It's no fun at yeah, that stage. Yeah, that's true. That was back in the 90s. It was more acceptable. Oh, it, oh yeah, it totally is. Games were harder back then, too. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, it's kind of weird to even think now, printing off a guide to then sit and play. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why? Yeah, would... we've been there, man. Yeah. I, it was so good, though, when you realized you didn't have to buy the guide. Thanks for listening to everybody who's been listening to us geek out today. Also, we just want to know what you think and what you'd like us to talk about uh, more. So thanks for listening, everybody. This has been The Dialogue Box with Chris Slight and Gwen Frey. You were in The Dialogue Box. Yes!